And tonight, it's about UNC basketball. Let's go. Page into the front court with four seconds. Page to the rim. Got, got it, good. got it. Nine tenths of a second to go. The black, the tie, 18. Shot, Jordan, Michael Jordan, 14 seconds. Too strong on the shot. That's it. 19, 24. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Tar Heel Show. My name is George, also known as the British Tar Heel. I'm your host. Today, I am joined by the former unofficial mascot of UNC and the current sixth man of UNC. My guest today, B Dot. How you doing, bro? Mate, that's an introduction, right? Yeah, it was a great introduction. Do you hear the, do you hear the crowd going oh, crazy? Man, I can hear him going all over the pond. I can hear him. <laughs> <laughs> man, how hey, you doing? Hey. It's been a pleasure, bro. It is a pleasure to finally grace your podcast, dude. Thank I you. remember being in Clubhouse one night um, in Hill's house, and you came through with the accent, and we were like, yo, who's this who guy? This guy? <laughs> How is he a Tar Heel fan across the pond? You know? You and, go. like, from there, man, to, like, seeing what you've done with the podcast and the brand, man, like, nothing but love for you, bro. You're doing a great job, family. Mate, I really appreciate that. And that's one of the first things I want to talk about is that moment in Clubhouse, that night when I spoke and you guys heard me for the first time. Obviously, I started a podcast a little bit, and you really drove me that day. So I want to say thank you for that, because what you said in that Clubhouse, I can remember it clearly. You said, this is George from Over the Pond. He's got the fastest-growing UNC basketball podcast out there at the moment. That really drove me like yeah go on and i have yeah all right then i'll push myself and because of those words also because of everything that you're doing all the different hats that you wear um i admire that so from your work ethic i'm taking some of that and bring it to me so i appreciate your support bro definitely no that's dope man i appreciate that it's funny how um how things like that you're just saying something and it sticks and resonates mm. with someone yeah um, for sure. i say that because you know you said you opened up with formerly the unofficial mascot of Tar Heel basketball. And what's so funny about that story is, you know, my friend, Josh Graham, I used to be on his sports show and he would just have me come up and he would just say, Hey, you know, you're the unofficial mascot of Tar Heel basketball, B-Dot. Why don't you say something to Carolina nation? And I'm like, all right, I'll do that. It's odd. The unofficial mascot of Tar Heel basketball and blah, blah. And like, just like you, I ran with that. And yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I wore that uh, as a cloak, of, of confidence and as a badge of honor. And from there, I'm now the sixth man of Carolina basketball, man. So, you, you know, you, 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 you're always, it's surprising how something can be just a seed yeah, to just, sure. you know, fulfill something else. Man, words are powerful. Words are real powerful things. And what well, you speak over people, what you speak over yourself, we can, that's a whole nother conversation. So maybe what today's going to be, is going to be a bit of a, for people to really understand who you are. Um, you've been on the scene for quite a while, but now you're in the spotlight. Um, even more so and I want people to know more about you but this podcast always is a bit of a journey so it's a journey from beginning to current day so that's kind of what we're going to do today is that all right oh cool man so I can get comfortable I can get, you get comfy mate you chill out I mean I got my cup of tea, like, I, oh, a cup so of tea. Bad. I got me a little what am I drinking I got me a little watches beverage you know okay, there you go there you go <laughs> okay mate so you you're a stand-up comedian. You worked on MTV, uh, Wild and Out. You've done a lot of MTV shows. 
your radio show, show uh, 102 Jams, uh, part of Free Live Crew. I believe, is this your 16th year on the show? 17th. Woo! Mate. 17th, bro. Like, wow. if, I, if I'm blessed enough to make it to August, August 2022 will be my 18th year in morning radio in Greensboro, North Carolina, bro. There you go. Mate, morning radio, that's the prime time slot as well. So that's that's amazing. That's actually and you fantastic. Never, never get used to waking up at 3.30 in the morning. You never, <laughs> you so, never. It's always funny because my, my Twitter is basically American. Everyone I follow is all American. So my Twitter is quiet until like midday because that's right. 7 a.m. your time, apart from you. And you're <laughs> tweeting, oh, I'm like, oh, B-Dot's up. He's up. He's awake. <laughs> so... Mate, that's good. So when did you realize you wanted to get into this industry and become an entertainer and a radio show host? Um, radio, much like many people that are in radio, they'll tell you radio sort of found us. But I always knew I wanted to entertain, like from a, from, as you would say, from a wee lad. Um, I, I wanted- <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. I was, was that, did I do good with that? Was yeah, that, good? yeah. That, that was that was more Scotland. I'm England, but that's a whole oh, other thing. I get my lens mixed up. I get my lens. My Scotland, London, Scotland. Yeah, they're completely different, bro. But you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um, from a kid though, man. Like I was always the class clown. I was always the entertaining one. I grew up in the church, so I was always doing the church plays and mm-hmm. and, and 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 speaking in front of the congregation and. I was never afraid to stand in front of the crowd. Like even I, I'm, on, I'm heavily documented as stating in kindergarten, I was the valedictorian for my, okay. for my kindergarten class. Like I okay. told the class, go forth and be great. Like at <laughs> six years old, you know, like, so I've always had that. And I, my daughter asked me the other day, she was like, dad, did you know when you were growing up that you wanted to do this? And I was like, yeah, you know, like I didn't know exactly how, but I knew I wanted to be on television. I knew I wanted to make people laugh. And I knew I wanted to make the, the world laugh the, as best I could. And um, I'm on pace to doing that. And um, so, yeah, like this is this has always been the goal. I'm really now getting into my bag of really finding out or really understanding what my superpower is with it all. Like for mm-hmm. years, I was just funny, just in any arena, in any sector. But now I'm sort of, sort of, sort of, hone it into a direction of where I want to go with, um, you know, with entertainment as far as hosting for um, uh, sporting events and stuff like that. Like, I'm, I'm really enjoying that. And as far as radio is concerned, man, when I was at Winston-Salem State, I just needed to graduate. Um, okay, and I yeah. needed to do an um, internship to graduate. And my internship was at 102 Jams. And because I'd already built a name for myself by that time, by the time I was doing an internship to graduate, I was already the PA announcer for my alma mater, Winston-Salem State University, their football and basketball programs. I was already um, hosting all the events on campus. So by the time I got to the radio station, the PD and the, the, the OGs at the station, they had already knew of my name. Mm-hmm. So they were very, you know, oh, what's up, B-Dot? You know, what we heard? And so, you know, they asked me, was I interested in doing mornings? And I was not interested in doing mornings because... You know, they told me I had to be at work at 5.30 in the morning. And I was still in college, G. Like, so I'm <laughs> at 5 o'clock in the morning. I was not interested in that. But um, I was always taught to have a mentor. I was always taught to have someone that you can go to that's smarter than you, that can give you some direction. And that person for me was my good friend, Carlos King. Um, he was the promotions director at 102 Jams at the time. And um, I asked him, I said, I have an opportunity to be on nights. 
with um, Waleed and the guy Waleed on nights, man, he would, gee, when I tell you it was popping, he would have strippers come up there on, on, on Wednesday nights. I'm telling you, it'd be off the chain. Like, and I wanted That's to be wanted. That's what you wanted. Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course. Yeah. I would have been in and out of radio six months. <laughs> six months. Stop, <laughs> I see the headlines. I see him. See the headlines already. <laughs> so uh, Lowe's told me, he was like, listen, man, people, um, they fight their whole year. I mean, their whole career trying to get in morning radio. Uh-huh. So if you get an opportunity to get on mornings, you should do it. And um, it was Kyle Centillion in Africa and Capital J. And they brought me in. And for the next 10 years, we were a solid morning show. Then we had some changes and some switches up. And um, for the last seven, eight years, I've had my own morning show with the three live crew, man. So I've been super fortunate and super blessed to be able to reinvent myself. Um, but that entire time, I was always a Tar Heel fan. Like I always remember being fan. on the air in 2005. Um, and you remember what happened in 2005? Of course. I was. Oh, I was on Franklin. <laughs> I drove from when, now when you get here, you get here uh, later on this month, as a matter of later fact. Later this month, yeah, I do, yeah. And when you get to Chapel Hill, we'll all meet up in Chapel Hill for the game, of course. But where I live is like 45 minutes west of Chapel Hill. Okay. So it was after the game. The game is over. The national championship, 2005. Then we get in the car and drive to Chapel Hill. Franklin Street is still full to of course capacity. People are flipping over cars and setting bonfires. It is amazing. <laughs> and I remember being uh, calling up to the radio station. I was like. I'm live on the streets, B Dot. We're national champions, baby. <laughs> it's a beautiful feeling. I did the same thing in 2009. I was right back on Franklin Street. So I've always been, B Dot has always been synonymous with Carolina. You know, even though I'm a graduate of Winston Salem State University, a proud graduate, um, I've always been a huge Carolina fan in this area. When, when did it start? When did it start you being a Tar Heel fan? I go back, I think, to um, 1993. Oh, wow. okay. I do indeed. Yeah. Hey, you have some good years. <laughs> my, uh, my, my, my uh, dad and my mom were Tar Heel fans. Okay. And so, you know, you just become fans of who everybody's cheering for in the house type deal. But I just remember seeing those colors. I remember seeing just the, the happiness um, in that 1993 national championship. So when I went to school the next day, I was a Tar Heel fan. And it was, and from there, it was pretty much solidified, man. Like, I, I think that's my earliest memory, though, is 1993, that national championship. So that would be your earliest memory. Your first favorite player, who would that have been in that, in that era? Like, who's like, that's my guy? In that, in that time, it would have had to have been Vince. Yeah. It yeah. would have had to have been Vince in those late 90s, man, just because he was like a superstar, like, my guy, R. Lamar, who does all my, my Hills House clothing and yeah. stuff, man. Like, he's got these Vince Sanity shirts. He sent made me a that, Vince Sanity. Made that beautiful shirt. Dude, yeah. like, yeah. Vince Sanity was the freaking man. Like, and I just, you know, he's, you know, from being from North Carolina. And that's that's where I remember being a, the fan, being in awe of first. You know what I'm saying? Like, wow, like this guy. And then, yeah, yeah, it'll be Vince. Mate, what a guy. Obviously, that's his jersey behind me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. I, got, I got this off eBay for like, it works out of around $15. I think the guy in England did not know what he had at all. And it's an original back from then. And I'm like, mate, I'm having it. So One second, amazing. watch this. Oh, what you got? Come on, show us. This is why it's a visual podcast. This is why it's a visual podcast. We see the hat. We see the snake plant. 
For the guys listening on Spotify right now, they don't really see the benefit of this. This. What we got? <sighs> oh, snap. A McDonald's All-American, Vince Carter. There we go. Hey, that's I, got a, I got a homie that does Twin City Authentics. He does custom jerseys. Okay. But that's why you see the drip. Okay. The yeah, mate, that's logo. beautiful. Yeah, that's yeah, this, real nice. This is custom right here. McDonald's All-American Vince right there. Mate, that's a, mate that's, a, that's a great jersey. Oh, I've yeah. got what I got behind it as we're being visual. Yeah, yeah, visual. Visuals always win. Yeah. That was the Vince. That was the Vince. That was for It's Over, Vince. <laughs> Greatest, that is the Vince, baby. Greatest uh, dunk contest of all time. But love Vince, man. I, I remember um recently I was looking, I can't remember what game it was, but Vince was at a game or something. And I was like, yeah. dang, Vince is at the game. That's awesome. And now that I work there, I cannot wait for Vince to come back, dude. Like <laughs> that I get pictures with. Like, that's one thing that I've always sort of here lately, I've sort of been upset with myself with G. And if I could pass on anything, I would tell you, get as many pictures as possible. That's great. I'm always the dude that, I don't want to say too cool for pictures, but uh-huh. I, I feel a little awkward asking people for pictures. You know, so like that's why when people ask me for pictures, I do it quickly because nice. I know how much how much it took for you to come up and humble yourself and say, do you mind if I get a picture? Because all of the power is in that person's hand. If that person wants to act like a jerk right then and be like, no, I ain't taking no picture. Now you're embarrassed. You feel some kind of way. And I don't ever want anybody to feel like that on the strength of me. So whenever anybody asks me for a picture, I don't care what I'm doing. Like, absolutely, let's do it. You know, won't won't. Like, and there aren't too many people that I've asked for pictures. Dick Vitale was just in the Dean Smith Center. I had to get a picture with Dickie B. But Vince is one of those guys. If I see Vince, I'm going to be like, Vince, I don't normally do this, my G, but can I please just... <laughs> Mate, it's something that it's something that um my partner and i spoke about obviously we're coming over so it's like see some i know there's some uh, tar heels alumni in there and these are guys who have been on the show as well and i'm like so i've spoken to them so i, I, don't, I don't know them i don't know them like that at all but i'm like i've spoken to them but i'm gonna want a photo like this is this is like my one not once in a lifetime trip so i'm gonna do this hopefully lots and lots of times sure. if i can afford it um but uh yeah, so that's the kind of thing. I've done it once with Kendall Marshall. So Kendall Marshall, that is, that's my player. That was the first point guard for me um, yep. when, since I was a fan. And I was, how the story goes, I was at the Carolina Basketball Museum in the summer, in the summer 2015, and I was taking photos of his shoes. I'm like, oh my gosh, Kendall Marshall's shoes. And then I turn round. No, no, I don't turn round. My friend, she's like, there's Kendall Marshall. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm taking photos of his shoes. <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 that's Kendall Marshall. And it was Kendall Marshall and Taylor Rooks, you know, the Bleacher Report girl, or yeah, yeah. that's another. <laughs> so, but it was those two together in the museum. And I was like, oh gosh, I knew he was on campus. I had this shirt with me and I was like, mate, can you like, can you sign it for me? He signed it. We got a photo. It was a great, great memory. No, um, was one of the coolest people, man. Like that's, that's something that, I can't remember how far back. Like, I, I I knew Raymond Felton and David Noel. David Noel is the homie. He's exciting. Have a really, really nice guy. Really nice guy. Great dude. David Noel, Jackie Manuel, those guys, those are my guys. So, like, what happened was, because I knew those guys, 
I would be around some and they would know, they would introduce me to the next group of Tar Heels. Mm -hmm. So then like the Bryce Johnsons and the Marcus Pages and the, and the Danny Greens, like all of these guys start being my homies, you know, just yeah, because, oh yeah, that's Bida. He loves us. He's at the game. Oh yeah, that's Bida. He loves us. Because this hat has traveled with me since my first game at the Dean Dome. The very first game I went to at the Dean Dome, I got this hat. Oh wow. So what year would that have been then? Maybe 2000. Eight, maybe. Wow. And if I'm correct, I've heard you say that's from Walmart, right? That hat? Well, that hat was actually in the concourse area at, at the Dean Smith Center. Okay. I'm walking around. I'm looking for something. I'm like, oh, I want to get that hat. How much is it? 30 bucks. Let me get it. Grab the hat, put it on. Never took it off. Then I was out of town one time and I, I was at a Walmart at the beach and they had like a row of them. And I was like, yo, mine is a little dirty. Let me go ahead and buy two more. So I bought two more of them. So I have three of them. Oh, man, but I amazing. wish I would have bought all of them because I was going on the tag to try to find it. The business is out of freaking. They, the no. business, yeah, the business went upside down, went under. I don't know what you call it. They're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. So I got to make the daggone hats myself. Then I'm going to start. <laughs> oh, got hats. <laughs> Speak to Alamar. See if he can get you the hats as well. <laughs> no, man, I bet, so like. Through the years, I began. I've had friendships with different players, and it and that's. I don't know how I got into that. I don't know what made me start that conversation or what made me start that. We're talking about Kendall with photos. Kendall, oh yeah, Kendall Butter, like photos. Yeah, Kendall yeah, Butter yeah. had a brother who uh, or a cousin who rapped, and because okay. I'm on the radio station, I got he and I became friends. Nice. But, but Butter man, like he's he's such a great great dude. Like, and mm. he's now he's doing camps. My son just went to one of his basketball camps. Oh, great. Winston. Yeah, man, Kendall, man, he's a great, great yeah. dude. And I knew that he played basketball and couldn't play football because he fumbled the whole Taylor Rook situation. But that's not... <laughs> hey! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hey, Touche. Nice, nice. Now, he's, he's, he's a... Yeah, he's a um, a great guy, and he was yeah. yeah my first ever favorite player. So, um, mate, so good. All right, our question for you: As you've okay. said already, you are the you were the former unofficial mascot of of UNC. Josh Graham gave you that title. I have called myself the British Tar Heel. It's kind of stuck. People know me as that. Both of us did not study or go to UNC. We didn't go to Carolina. What is it about Carolina that makes you such a diehard fan? See, when you're from this area, that's what that's why you're so intriguing. Mm -hmm. Because when you're from this area, there's a line drawn in the sand. Yeah. Like when you're growing up, you have to be a Carolina fan or a Duke fan, one uh -huh. or the other. There is no yeah. in between. Like, and my best friend, like my, I'm talking about my best friend, the one of the first friends I ever made here in North Carolina. Because I was I was born in St. Louis. Okay. And I moved here when I was yeah. around seven, eight. And I've been here ever since. So I just say I'm from North Carolina. But one of my closest friends, his name is Q. He's a huge Duke fan. Ooh. To the point where we have an unspoken $5 bet every time we play each other. Like, it's just unspoken. Since we've been doing it since kids. But we made a bet when we were really younger. Whoever gets married first, they have to wear the other team's T-shirt under their tuxedo. Oh, wow. He got married first. <laughs> Were you holding out solely for that? Was that the reason why? <laughs> I just went, he got married on Wednesday. I got married on Friday. <laughs> but wow. true, to form, true to form, he was a man of his word. At his reception, I bought him a shirt. 
at his reception, he unbuttoned his shirt and opened it up and revealed that uh, a Carolina shirt on. Now, what is crazy is I cannot find that picture. He's the only one that has the picture, and he will not believe it. <laughs> Mate, that's, yeah, true to your word. I don't think I could ever be seen. I can't even wear dark blue. I can't even wear royal blue. I just can't. I can't do it. There are pictures of me with a Duke jersey on. Wow. I put it in the Hills house. I don't know if you saw what I think, happened. I think, I think I have seen a photo, actually. I think I did see it. We, they, had a, um, they had a media day. Uh, Duke has a media day every year. Okay. And it's over at um um uh what is what is that little hot box gym called? Uh, uh, Cameron, uh, Cameron, Cameron Indoor. Or Indoor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't remember the name of it. It really <laughs> I know people are thinking I'm being funny, but it really is <laughs> Um, but Cameron Indoor. And yes, yes, I am a huge, huge Tar Heel fan. That should never go argue, uh debated. But I'm also like a huge history lover of sports. Okay. And to be able to be on the floor in Cameron Indoor Stadium and actually shoot in that gym, like, I couldn't pass up that opportunity. Now, I did not know that they were going to have jerseys for us when we got there. <laughs> so we get there, they got a shirt. It's a shirt with a Duke D on the front and B dot on the back. And I'm like, oh, my God. So, like, the news reporters there that knew that I was a huge, huge Carolina fan, they're like, so what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm going to, you know, I'm a team player. You know, I'm going to be a wolf in sheep's clothing today. I'm gonna <laughs> so people were snapping pictures and grabbing pictures because they knew that they would never see me, not only in Cameron Indoor on the floor, but in Duke attire and Duke colors. Oh, my God. They give me hell for that. Duke fans give me hell for that to this day. It's almost like that picture of Tupac in that damn Duke jersey. Mm. It's horrible. Ooh. It's horrible. Mate, yeah, not nice. Not nice. Um... Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, good for you for for wearing it. I don't think I ever could, but um, yeah, <laughs> you're all good. So, you know, so let me toss that to you. Okay. I know this is your show, but I'm sure people that that's what intrigued me when you came in Clubhouse on our Heels House program uh, platform that day. How do you become a Tar Heel fan all the way in England? Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for asking because it's nice actually being asked questions. Usually it's me asking. So yeah. Now, obviously, how the story goes, I worked in Hendersonville, North Carolina, so Western North Carolina, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm a diehard sports fan already. So I am a Norris City fan with our football, soccer. Um, uh, I actually now work for the club now. That is my day job. I work for the Premier League team there, and I do stuff for that. Um, so I'm working for my favourite football team of all time. Now, cool. Congratulations. Ain't oh, that mate. a beautiful side note? Ain't that awesome, though? Oh, mate, it is. I go to the stadium. Like, I went for an interview at the job. And they said, did you find it okay? I said, bro, <laughs> I said, my name's on the stadium. Like, I've got a brick that actually says my name. Like, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, like, I got back when they built the stadium. I'm like, I, I know where to get, I know how to get here. We're fine. Exactly. So, <laughs> but no, yeah. so then, so I was a diehard fan already. So of, of a football team of Norris City. Then come to Carolina, working, I work in a camp, a summer camp, basically. Um, come over to England, work in this summer camp. And I liked basketball. I played, played basketball. Um, it's popular in England, but it's not very good at it. And um, basically, I asked the colleagues, I was like, who's my college team? Who do I support? And they were all Tar Heels. They were all UNC Chapel Hill students. So I was like, all right. So I went to Walmart. I know we joke about Walmart fans, but I went to Walmart in Hendersonville, bought some North Carolina Tar Heel shorts, and they are my first ever pair of North Carolina clothing. 
right the rest is history i just caught i just caught on everything about it coach williams was a big part and that's why i'm such a fan because of the carolina culture the respect the integrity the the family and even me being across the pond i that's infectious um and that's basically why i'm such a diehard fan i was already into sports already but I just caught on and I believe I should have been born in Chapel Hill um, I do. I do, and man. all of that stuff. So yeah, when I call myself a Tar Heel, I would say I never went to school there. And that was a big reason. And I've said before, I coached at Carolina. So everyone's, I'm going to my first ever game this month, which that's a whole nother thing. I'm going to cry. My, I, had to, I had to buy tickets for two games because the first game, I'm just going to cry the whole game. <laughs> Second game, I'll enjoy it. First game, I'm just going to be emotional. It's gonna be uh, lit. I'm gonna and see like this. Is what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna see. Do you know where you're sitting at? Where's mate, your seat? First game. I'm not far from you. Awesome. First game. Okay. I'm lower level. I thought I'm gonna get really, really splurge out. Go for it. I'm lower level. I'm gonna really find level. you, and we're gonna play a game in front of the whole crowd too. Woo. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, all yeah. right. That's my word. We're gonna do that because I do all types of games and stuff at the timeouts. I'm gonna pick you out for uh, for a timeout game. I'm gonna let you know we're playing and stuff, but you definitely gonna, we got to make sure the experience is amazing for you, of bro. Course. Just come all the way over the pine, May. Exactly, exactly. It's gonna be. I've I've booked everything. Ready to go for overcoat last night. I was up until two a.m. ordering my COVID tests that we've got to do, <laughs> where we have take tests before we leave a day before get the results. We got to right. take tests when we're over there. So it's been stressful. Um, it's not like a normal trip, but it's going to be so worth it. What two games are you going to? Boston College, NC State. Boston College, NC State. Team yeah. So, yeah, they're the two games which are right near each other. Um, Boston College evening game, NC State day game. It's the day before my 30th birthday. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so this is wow. my – that's the reason I'm coming. It's my 30th birthday trip. And, oh, that's um, love. Oh, yeah. we got to make sure the Dirty 30 lives up to Dirty 30. It's going to be a Dirty 30 on Franklin Street. That's the plan. Yeah. So. <laughs> After beating NC State, we're getting teed up. <laughs> yes. So, okay, so we'll go back. We'll bring it back. We'll bring it all back. Okay. And um, unofficial mascot. Then a big kind of through the history of BDOT over the, even just for the past year, you had your potty. And that was for a great podcast, the Carolina Insider podcast, what the best Carolina podcast, in my opinion. And um, you obviously went on there on the show. You had a great uh, show and obviously awarded for it. What was that experience like? Tell me about it. That was just another one of those surreal moments of really being accepted by the Carolina family. You know, like I've always held... Carolina athletics on a super, super high bar because I'm a fan. The same bar that I hold the Dallas Cowboys, the same bar that I hold the Charlotte Hornets. And like my teams are up there. So when you're a fan of a team and for that team to acknowledge you, it's just something that you don't really expect. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, and even though I've had inside tracks with different friends on staff and players, it's still different when, Coach HD um, stamps you. It's different when the the inside Carolina and and and, and the and the and the, and the uh, Carolina insiders and the Go Heels and when those types of platforms stamp you and and, yeah. and 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 just tell the rest of the Carolina family, this guy's one of ours. You know what I'm saying? Like, and honestly, that's what that's what this pod means, man. Like, like this party is dope because it was like my introduction to the Carolina family from nice. that side. Nice. You know, from the for the longest, I had just been the guy in the stands 
with the hat on with a lot of energy. And I didn't, I didn't have a problem with that role. I didn't have a problem with that title. You know, for the longest, I was just the, the, the unofficial mascot of Tar Heel basketball. And after going on, um, you know, with Adam and, 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 and silly Adam, and, um, <laughs> um, um, they sort of stamped me, you know, and it was just a, it was a dope moment. I was very, very excited. I remember um, hitting Josh first. And I remember hitting my wife and my kids like, yo, David, finally a seat at the table, you know, and at that point, at that point, like that was like the highest it could get for me. You know, like I always had dreams and goals of doing late night. Like that's always been a goal. But mm-hmm. as far as a professional, as it pertains to Carolina, like going on the podcast with Adam and Jones and and just having such a good time. You know, like it didn't feel like an interview. It was like this. It was just like a conversation with homies talking yeah. about Carolina and and just being able to do that. And then to win the party in the fashion that I won the party, you know, like I had a freaking social media movement, like because I wanted to win it. Like I, it wasn't something that if y'all vote, y'all vote. If not, it's not that big a deal. No, this was a big deal to me. Of course. Like this was confirmation. This was stamping. This was validation. You know what I'm saying? And um. You know, I'm, I'm greatly appreciative of this. So, like, yeah. that, was, that was definitely a, a great time stamp in the sixth man of Carolina basketball um, roadmap. They're really good guys. They're really nice. I haven't had much interaction with them because they are awesome. so tier. But Adam messaged me, actually. He sent me a DM um, asking if I needed tickets. I was like, oh, it's an honor. Like, I, was, I said, actually, I've bought the tickets already, mainly because... I wanted control. I didn't want to go over to Carolina not knowing I was going to get tickets. I had to make sure if I'm flying from across the pond, I need to make sure I got tickets. But I just felt like really nice that he came out of his way to like say like, hey, if you need anything, just let me know. Um, Dude, same. Like like, after I did the podcast with those guys, like it'd be football season and he'd just hit me up and like, hey, B-Dot, I don't know what you're doing Saturday, but I got a couple extra tickets to the game. If you want to come, make sure you come by the press box and holler at us. And I'm like, yo, Adam, (laughs) stop acting like we're friends. Do you know what this is doing to my head? (laughs) I'm at the games, his wife and kids are coming up to me and the kids are dapping me up. Like it's, it's so unreal, man. But like Jones and Adam, man, they are such cool dudes, man. Like I, I really enjoy their energy for sure. For sure. All right. Now we're talking about a lot about fans and this is where we kind of interacted the first ever time. And that was the heels house. So I kept seeing you, I kept seeing you talk about this thing on Twitter. I followed you on Twitter and um, kept talking about this heels house. I sent you a message. You sent me a link and we're in. So you yourself and the great Kiera Luck set up the heels house, which is a group of of diehard Tar Heel fans um, where we chat, on group me we have clubhouse i've never heard of any of that stuff when you told me clubhouse and group me i had no idea what that was we don't have that here in england i do like what is this so wow. i down downloaded it all um so that's been that's been great they owe me a check is what it sounds like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why to you why is the hills house such an amazing place oh man the hills house is magical um kiera luck and i um just like you we're three avid Carolina fans that never went to Carolina. Mm. And Kiara, she has a podcast, The Player and the Fan, with Very her true. and David Noel. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she's always heavily in Carolina basketball. I, too, am always in heavily in Carolina basketball. That's like, luck is like my sister. So it was 
common sense for us to put together a platform where other like-minded Carolina fans can all join together and just enjoy Carolina basketball. That's where it started. Um, and I was thinking of a name and I couldn't think of a name. And my, my, my brother, Chris Lee, um, he says, you should call it the Hills house. And I was like, dude, that is brilliant. Thank <laughs> you. Do I owe you for that? And he was like, no, you can have it. I said, when I start making coins off of it, don't try to circle back now. <laughs> but I love the name of the Hills house. I just, because it just, it sounds like us, like it's somewhere you can come kick your feet, your shoes off, That's get great. you a beverage of choice or a cigar, whatever you like to do, kick back and talk to other Carolina fans about Carolina basketball, past, present or future. And we're not always positive fans. Sometimes we're in there complaining and moaning and bitching about stuff. Uh, we're not always on the same page. There are a lot of debates and they can get argumentative, but there is always a level of respect in the Hills house yeah, because at the end of the day, we just want another 2005 season. We just want uh -huh. another 1993 season. We just want another 2009 season. You know what I'm saying? Like at the 17, end, 1982. You know what I'm saying? 17. We, we just want to hoist another championship. Uh -huh. So we're going to have different conversations about the best way to get there. But at the end of the day, the Hills House is just a place for us to just all be together and talk Tar Heel basketball. And you got right now, I just looked and we're like, we have 153 members in the group, uh, in the group me, which is, mind blowing to me like yeah, I'm, I'm that was, when we got to 150 that was a milestone when we get to 500 that'll be another milestone but i'm just very happy with the rate that is growing much like the uh the british story i'm just i'm the, it's all in brick by brick mm -hmm. stone by stone day by day listener by listener follower by follower and we're just growing and it started on clubhouse because again kiera she is the brains as far as the stats and 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 the intel with the players and like that's just her bag. That's yeah. what she does. She, she she's with Sports Illustrated, so she's credentialed, you know. And me, I'm just a super fan. And you know, the guys they react different to me than they do to journalists because even though I am a journal, I, I'm I'm a in journalism, I'm not your typical. So Caleb, um, you had seven assists. Does that that ain't me? Like I'm gonna talk to Caleb. Like, so what's up, C? Like you was dropping dimes. Like what's the you know like? And the way I talk to them and engage with them is received on their level. Yeah, of course. So they react to me differently. So the combination with Kiara and myself is just dope Carolina chemistry. Yeah. So when we started the Hills House on Clubhouse, um, we had this great idea that nobody was doing and nobody is doing currently. 30 minutes before the game, we come into the Hills house. Kiara and I will start to uh, start the, the room with telling you three keys to a heel year, um, three things that the players have to do in order for us to be victorious. And we'll PTR or refresh our um, images on the player that we think will be the player of the game. And after we do that, we'll invite people to the um, stage that want to participate and change their abbeys and let us know what their three keys to a heel year are. And we'll just enjoy each other's company until tip off. And then at the end of the game, um, because Kiara Luck is credential, um, we will go behind the curtains and listen to the press conference with coach and the players. And anybody that was interested could be in there for that. And then after that, we would just, um, when, during wins, we usually stay a little longer than during losses, <laughs> you know. And uh, when it first started, it was real cool because, you know, everybody was sort of home. That's where it started. Yeah. That's where it really started. Nobody could go to games. So this was our way to watch games together. And we would have a lot of times former players um, would, would, would come into the Hills house and, 
Um, just chop it up with Jawad Williams, David Noel. Like, I mean, like, it would just be an influx of players uh, that would just come in and just Kennedy uh, Meeks and just give us insight um, on the game and on the team. And when coach says this, what does he mean? And it was just real, real cool. And we just had an honor system that whatever happens or says in the Hills house stays in the Hills house. And from uh -huh. there, we said, you know what? We want to be able to talk between games. It's so far between games. How can we keep this up and maybe tell people stuff that's coming up or the next time we're going to be on? So that's why we started the group me. Um, so if you are on group me or you want to be like my man G and download the group me app, just <laughs> download it. Um, hit me up or British Tar Heel or Amy per year on Twitter and just let us know that you want to be on the Hills house. And uh, we can definitely, definitely, definitely have you on. And we got nice shirts and merch. Well, actually, this these shirts are no longer. We're revising the, um, the, 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 the graphics, the logo. So these shirts are no longer in stock. We no longer have any more shirts or hoodies. So if you did get these, um, you do have a one of one. Those are now um, throwbacks. But um, by the Duke game, February 5th, we should have some more in stock. Mate, nice. Basically, the Heels House was what I exactly what I needed. So a year ago now, I will say I probably had like 100 followers on Twitter. None of them were North Carolina fans. And... This was a year ago. Okay, 100 followers, no North Carolina fans. I'm tweeting about UNC. I'm not interacting with anyone. And my partner, she basically said, well, she said for me to start a sports blog. And I did. I set up and that was what happened. It was called ceilingistheroof.com then. Now it's called Tar Heel International. And it blew up, basically. And I was able to then meet people like yourself, meet players and stuff by writing. And then the podcast came. All I wanted when I started a year ago was to meet like three or four other Tar Heels, so I can message them about the game and talk about it. Um, I had one guy who I coached with out in Carolina who I'm really good friends with, and I would text him, and he was the only one I got to speak to about it. I spoke to my girlfriend who didn't know about North Carolina until she met me, so she's just she's learning. Right. But now, 2,000 followers later on Twitter, I'm able to just chat to so many people wow. every day about UNC and it's just it's been a crazy year um but all I wanted was a handful of people right um doesn't mean un unfollow me now but you know I'll sorry, sorry. <laughs> it was <laughs> yeah, yeah don't unfollow my man <laughs> but that's how it is like when you do anything from the heart yeah that's how it's going to grow and it's going to grow organically just like that you know what I'm saying like when I was introduced to you we immediately clicked because of this, because yeah, of this, course. because of this. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Like Caroline, like I I just found out that in every major city in in um the United States, there's a Tar Heel club. Yeah, yeah. Like, like in Boston, they were just up in Boston at Boston College. It was more Carolina fans there than Boston <laughs> College fans. Because the Boston College, no, the, the, the Boston Tar Heel Club let them, hey, we got tickets, one, two, one. I had no clue. So now I got to go to all these. I got to go to Boston. They said yeah. the second, the biggest one in the country besides North Carolina is in Atlanta. So I got to go to Atlanta. They've already right. welcomed me there. Like, it's so awesome meeting so many different people. Like, I feel the exact same way you feel, man. I, I swear. know DC, DC have got a big one as well. DC yep. have. Yep. Like, the um, last year has been one hell of a roller coaster, dude. Like, but it's a roller coaster that keeps going up. Yeah, of course. I yeah, love it. Man. Like, I'm right there with you, dude. I'm right man. there with you. I swear. No, that's good. So, okay, let's get, I'm going to bring it back again. Um, okay, late night. Now, 
I love looking back at old tweets. This is before I knew you looking back at old tweets from like 10 years ago, mm-hmm. listening to old interviews. I was doing research for today's uh, podcast and I was listening to an interview with you and you spoke on that interview then saying like, oh man, I, I want to do late night. Oh, get me on late night kind of thing like that. And now I'm like, I'm listening back to it. I'm like, the bro did it. He did it. And he's, he was on late night and I know it was a dream of yours mm-hmm. and um, we'll talk about how much of a dream it was of you, but what are you going from that amazing night where you hosted late night in HD? What are you going to take away from that moment living out your dream? It's so cliche that I don't, almost don't want to say it. <laughs> go for it. Go on, go on. But you can really do anything you put your mind to. Mm-hmm. And it might not come in the timing that you want it. And that may deter you. And that's what deters a lot of people to make them quit because their goal doesn't come in the time where they feel like they're supposed to get it. But if you, I'm from Greensboro, North Carolina. And that was a rapper in Greensboro, North Carolina who was very, very successful locally who should have had national acclaim, but due to a lot of things, uh, uh, self-inflicting issues, um, you know, he had to serve time and just wasn't able to really bubble the way that he would have, he should have. But he's got a song. His name is P. Wonder. <clears throat> and P. Wonder had a song called Bitch, I Do Numbers. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> and on this song, B, I Do Numbers, he has a line that I'm really thinking I'm going to get tattooed on me because it is a line that I live by. And ever since I heard the line, I've lived by this line ever since. And the line is simple. It says, if you don't give up on your dreams, then they got to work. There you go. And that, that line is so profound as, as simple as it is. It's so true. If you don't give up on your dreams, they got to work. Like if you keep, keep, keep going at something, you have to eventually become successful. Now it might be at 20, it might be at 30, it might be at 40, it might be at 50, but if you don't mind when it happens, as long as it happens, it will happen. There we go. And that's how I feel about late night, man. I remember the first time going to late night and being with my partners them and us sitting up in the stands and me watching Stuart Scott and me saying to my partner them, man, I'm gonna do this one day, yo. I swear to you, I'm gonna do this one day. And my brother at the time said, hell yeah, you are, Dot, because they believed in me. And, mm-hmm. you know, I had things throughout the years that happened where I thought that I was going to be able to get it. And we were excited and it fell through. And, oh, man, like the devastation of thinking that you're going to finally and you want to make this announcement. But just wait, because you don't know if it's going to happen yet. And be glad you didn't make that announcement because it didn't happen. So finally getting that phone call. And I still didn't really announce it because I wanted, I told him I was going to wait until I got in the Dean though with a microphone in my hand before I said anything. But when I got the phone call from Theo and Hoots and them asking me, did I want to host late night? Um, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a crier. That's not really my thing. But if I were a crier, I'd probably still be crying. Like one of those emotional moments for me, man, because it was really a moment to myself, because just like you're saying, like you look at your Twitter following right now at 2000 some followers and you're like, man, like this is really happening. Yeah. yeah. Like, and, and that's how I felt. Like after I hung up the phone, I just was in awe, like, wow, I'm really going to be able to be in the Dean Dome on the floor saying tar 
to 20,000 fans for them to say heels back to me. Like that has been a goal of mine for 20 years. And I finally get to do it. But immediately my mind switched because I said, all right, now it's time for new goals because that's, that's done now. Now you have to treat this like an audition, be that. Uh-huh. You have to treat you have you have to give them an experience in the Dean Dome at late night that makes them say, "We got to get this in here more often." I don't know how to do it. I don't know what to do, but we got to get this more often. And that's all I told my wife. That's what I told my kids and a couple of my closest friends. And I left it at that. But that was my goal going in. Like everybody kept talking about late night, and I just kept we're gonna have a great time with them. But in my mind, I'm thinking. Late night is nothing but an audition. Nice. And I'm going to kill it. Nice. And, and, and man, I, I went out there and I was, I was super nervous, super nervous. I'm talking about, I remember um, my wife and uh, my wife and my, my, my best friends and my kids were down there and I was just sort of shaking. And my wife was like, she's like, you need to take a second. I was like, yeah. So I left out and I went upstairs and I was outside and I was just pacing back and forth. And I was looking at my cue cards and I was, sort of practicing, you know, looking around at the Dean Dome and just just zoning out, doing what I do to get ready for a, for a show. And <laughs> I look over and a woman is staring at me. And I'm like, and she was like, are you nervous? And I say, <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> and she says, you're going to do great. And I say, thank you. And it was Kerwin's mom. Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go over there and I talk to her for a little bit. And I'm like, and who is you? Like, I'm Kerwin's mom. I'm like, oh. And so we get to talk to you. Like, that's how you get into your rhythm or whatever. I was like, yeah, I'm just trying to just shake some of the day going nervousness off. So when I finally got out there, though, like, it's like riding a bike. Like, once I hit the floor and made that first noise on the mic and heard the reaction after that, the jitters were gone. It's time to rock out. It's time to throw the camera phones up and sing Sweet Caroline. And, and it was like the next day. Like my DMs are going crazy. Coach Banghart is telling me how much she loves me. I'm telling her I love her back. I can't wait to come to games. The wrestling coach is like, listen, we love for you to come to a wrestling match and and talk to the boys before the match. I'm like, I would love to do it. Um, So Hoots hits me. And he's like, um, the next day he hits me. He's like, so how does it feel um, the day after? I'm like, dude. I had to tape it down. I'm so excited. It's just I had to tape myself down, G. (laughs) I said, I'm so excited. He said, I said, but I'm getting hit up from everybody. Everybody wanted me to come to the events. He was like, um, I figured that would be the case. But listen, um, before you, you know, sign on to any of the other sport and um, um, any other any other sports clubs, I want you to know that our head coach would like to know if you would be interested in being the arena host for the back to home basketball games. Wow. Fate. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> and and so and it's it's you know like it's kind of hard to get overly excited because I knew that was gonna happen not from a not from a arrogant cocky but from a confident like I know that I'm talented in what I do mm-hmm. and I know that all the stars were aligning perfectly and I knew that if I did a good enough job that they would say we need this energy more often so when he said it. One part of me wanted to say, I knew that was going to happen, you know, <laughs> but again, I was super excited. So I'm like, hell yes. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it was like, and we'll give you a couple of dollars. I'm like, and I 
Oh. What? Living the dream. Living that dream. Life is good, man. Yeah, mate. That's so good. And I, I messaged you the other day and I said that I'm excited to see you in your element. Right. And the reason I say that is because this isn't, this isn't your first rodeo, like right. uh, being in a sports arena. So as you said earlier, you're Winston-Salem State University. You spoke, you were announcing there for the football and basketball. Right. Greens were swarm as right. well. Okay. So you are the PA announcer at the first of the game. You've been there since the team started, right? Yes. But did we celebrate five years? I've been there all five years. I started as the um, arena host, real 30-second version of that. I started as the arena host, what I do for Carolina basketball. But I didn't want to do that. Like I wanted to be the PA announcer. I auditioned okay. for the PA announcer. They gave that to somebody else. They said, but we love your energy. Can you, would you be the arena host? I was like, man, I don't want to be no arena host. But <laughs> I knew I wanted to get a foot in the door. Yeah, so I was course. like, yeah, I'll do it. So I did that for four years. And this year has been the first year they've allowed me to be the PA announcer. Nice, mate. That's amazing. And you were, were you at the Charlotte Hornets game last night? Yeah, man. Like, uh, so because, what was that? I'm, because I'm with the Greensboro Swarm, that's JV to the varsity, okay. which is the Hornets. So last night, the, um, their usual arena host, uh, Flatai and Jacinda, they were out and they asked uh, me and my man CDK, could we come up from the Swarm and, and do the arena hosting? So what I do for the Tar Heels for home games, I was allowed to do that last night for the Charlotte Hornets. Was that an audition? Damn right it was. <laughs> Listen, anytime you, I'm in a sector for the first time, it's always an audition, baby. Good on like, you, man. Now, in this type of situation, though, um, just in complete transparency, um, Flata and Jacinda, they're the arena host there, and they do an amazing job. Those yeah. are like my brothers and sisters. So I'm always happy to fill in for them. Um, with the Carolina event, I knew that that was uncharted waters. Like, Carolina has never had an arena host. So I was introducing them to something that I was optimistic would stick and they would want to have more often. See, the Hornets, they already have an arena host. Yeah. I just know that I did. I, I know the CDK and I did a well enough job that when Flatine Jacinda are out again, we'll get called back up. Nice. I got tickets to Hornets game as well, actually. So I'm going to the really? yeah, what hopefully, uh, Atlanta Hawks. So oh, Lamelo versus Trey, hopefully. So I'm going to check. I'm a, man, we're going to kick it out that whole time you're here. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. As you just said then, though, I want to talk about something quickly. I mean, this, we'll see where this conversation takes us because you said it's uncharted, uncharted waters, okay? And we haven't had this at UNC, an arena host. Now, to some Tar Heel fans, you're new, you're different, okay? I'm black. Say how it is. That's, that's literally it, okay? Now, my thing is, though, have you had, or no, to those people who think that way, who are unsure on this new guy who's came in, what would you say to them who are unsure on you? Um, change is inevitable mm -hmm. and nobody's very comfortable with change, you know, but change is inevitable. And, you know, I have seen like a few comments like via Twitter and stuff like that. And I know that everybody doesn't like me. Like that's not really realistic, but the feedback that I've received from the Carolina family has been nothing but positive. Mm -hmm. I mean, nothing but positive, man. Like, I mean, from the older, older white women and men, I'm talking about older, older, like I will see them and they actually have to stop their walkers and I have to walk over to them just so they can raise their hand to shake mine 
to let me know they love the energy I bring to the Ding Dong. That's who I do it for. That's great. I do it for, I do it for Tar Heel fans. And that's the thing that's the most important to me. That's at late night, those were the parameters that I set out. And the people knew where I was coming from then. When we come into the Ding Dong, it ain't about being black. It ain't about being white. It ain't about being young. It ain't about being old. It ain't about being alum. It ain't about just being fan. It's about being a fan of Carolina basketball. We only have one job when we're here tonight, to cheer these guys on to victory. Do everything we can, do everything in our power to give the guys enough energy and confidence to knock down whoever they're facing. That's it. The other stuff, we leave all that stuff outside. None of that stuff comes into the Dean Dome. And I really feel like that the people have accepted that. That's great. They know that I don't look like them. They know that I'm urban as hell. I'm out there with my chains on. I got my J's on. I got my sweats tucked in my socks. If they look at any of my social media, I'm super black. Like I'm, 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 I'm proudly black. There's no, like there's like, and I, and I don't mind saying that. Yeah. But that has nothing to do with Carolina basketball. Uh-huh. Carolina basketball is about the three letters UNC. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're out there cheering. <clears throat> and, I, and I'm just so appreciative that, again, that the feedback that I've gotten from black people, white people, Hispanic people, old people, young people, current students, alumni, people that never went to the school, all are saying, we love what you bring to the game. Now, there are some, there are some people that say, hey, you, know, you do a little too much. And to that, I'm not, again, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. There you go. But to that fan, we all have the same goal. Mm-hmm. And that is that Carolina wins at the end of the game. That's it. Like, but my job is to make sure that I'm not there to for BDOT to shine. <clears throat> That's never been my job. My job is I'm a host. I'm an entertainer. I'm a host. Mm-hmm. My job is to make sure that you at the game are having a great game day experience. My job is to assist in that. I'm teaming up with the band. I'm teaming up with the cheerleaders, the dance team. I'm teaming up with the PA. I'm te- whatever we can do to make Ramsey's, uh, Ramsey's Jr., whatever we can do as a group to make sure that you're having a great game day experience, that's what I'm here for, period. So I haven't had a lot of bad um, energy. I haven't had, I've seen people on Twitter say a couple of things, but I mean, it's like a thousand tweets to one. Of course. Literally. Of course. Mate, that's amazing. And you're killing it. And I'm Thanks, excited. Man. Like I said to you the other day, I'm excited to see you in your element. So, Thanks, man. Um, yeah, also, like, I, I, I really mean, I just want to say that one more time, man. Like, I appreciate the fact that the Carolina family does recognize that I'm not one of them in the idea that I'm not a Tar Heel. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't graduate from Carolina. Uh-huh. Right. So to give the, to be given the opportunity to host late night. Hold on for a second. Ryan. Come on, man. I told y'all I had a Zoom call talking to a guy in England, for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> but for them to welcome me, man, and, and, to, and for them to all of the misconceptions or any uh, any contradictions of, that they may have thought coming in when they see me in action, they're like, you know what? I like that guy. I really like that guy. I'm, I'm, I'm hard to not like. There you go. There you go. That's the attitude. mate that's brilliant so with your new role what are the expectations that you have for the fans with you um i just expect us to cheer you know like a lot of times i've heard for years and i've witnessed i've witnessed that that wine and cheese stigma Uh i hate it Uh i hate it i've been at games 
where I'm standing up screaming and cheering and people around me have said, excuse me, can you please sit down? And I'm like, no, hell no. And I don't mean to be disrespectful, but I'm not sitting down. I don't sit down at home during the game. <laughs> in the Dean Dome and sit down? Are you crazy? Like, no, no, I will not sit down. I apologize. And you know, and some, but sometimes you feel awkward when you're the only one standing up yeah, cheering yeah. and you know you're impeding people's vision and stuff. So you don't want to be a jerk about it. So, you know, I try to sacrifice and sit down a little bit. But then sometimes I'm like, come on, man, we got to get up. What are y'all doing? And that always angered me. And I always said, man, like, that's, that's what I would say. Like, I'll be a game. like, man, they need somebody like me that's just telling them when to get up. Because the reality is this. The people that sit around the court in the Dean Dome, those are, uh, I don't want to say boosters, but a lot of those people purchased those seats when the Dean Dome was built. This is history mm -hmm. to me. I didn't know this. Yeah. The Dean Dome, they're trying to raise this money to, to build the Dean Dome. I heard the money they raised was some astronomical number that they Crazy. raised one day. Oh, wow. I didn't know it was, it was one unreal. day. It was unreal. Wow. You, you didn't know it was one day? I didn't know it was one day. No, wow. It might not have been one day. I might be lying. But it I was, know it was a lot of money they raised. They raised a lot of money. A lot of money, G. Yeah, and yeah. what happened was they said, listen, I'll pay $50,000, but I want these two seats right here, $25,000 a piece for these two seats, and I want them a lifetime contract. So everybody in those seats, when they bought their seats, they bought them for a lifetime. Yeah. So even when they die, the seats go to their children. Yeah, wow. So that's what we're dealing with. So you got people here in this area that are like 80, 85 years old because they've got lifetime seats. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean they don't want to cheer. True. They just can't cheer for the entire game. Yeah, yeah. So my job with my experience is to make sure that I find the pockets where I need them to bring it. Yeah, and I don't need them to bring it the whole game, but there are moments in the game where I need everybody up. I need everybody cheering. I need everybody loud. I need everybody tall, heel, everybody you. I need you up clapping. Let's go. And because I'm able to pace that group and really play more towards the student section, my Carolina Fever section, or the band, the pride of the ACC, or another one of my Carolina Fever section, because I'm able to play to them, and then the people who are like us, who aren't alum, who just are fans, who we came to the Dean Dome tonight to scream. When I can get all of that energy, you got like 60% of the Dean Dome. Yeah, of course. So now that other 40, that's the older people, now they at least going to clap. They might not stand up and swag surf, but they swag and surfing from their seats. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, that's great. So I just try to make sure that everybody there is having a good time and just understand the strengths that I do have and just try to use that to magnify over the weaknesses that some might say, which are the, the older fans that are, you know, right there around that courtside area. But we're working, man. It's a work in progress. All I ask for is that you come to the game and be ready to just cheer. Be ready to make noise. Be ready to be loud. Be ready to do everything in your power to help us in getting a win. That's it. Mate, it's amazing. And it really does have an effect on, on the team as well. It's yes. absolutely massive. Um, just little things like when I was at university, my big final project was uh, I, coached, I coached college basketball. And I actually basically did, uh, the, we worked out our stats, home games, away games, when we had fans, when we didn't have fans, mm -hmm. and looked at the difference. Going to, seeing in professional sports, going to teams which have really, really loud football fans here. We went, I went away to Dortmund before the pandemic hit. Um, Dortmund is a German football team who have, they have a thing called the yellow wall. 
and it's internationally known around the world as the loudest place for football fans. It's just one massive wall. It's everyone stands in you. There's no seats. You're not allowed to sit down. There's no seats available. And it's called safe standing. And um, you're there and it's just oh, it's crazy. No idea what they were shouting. It was all in German, but I felt it. Um, <laughs> didn't matter. Didn't matter. But I, it felt it. It was like, oh, it was it was frightening. It was so good. But um, it really, really does have an effect on the team. And we've heard Coach Davis say it this year. He said, and we've heard players like Mondo say it, like, I, I hear the crowd. And when the crowd is cheering for you, if you, like, it doesn't happen so much. I don't really hear it in, in basketball, mainly because maybe it's so close. But in football, over here in England, if a player's playing bad, your own player... The fans will boo him. They literally boo him. Like One of our top players for our team, he got booed off the pitch because he was playing so bad. How is that going to help him at all? Like, how is that going to help whatsoever? We had a, a, a player we've got from another team. We're loaning him. And they were like shouting at him to go and um, go back to the te- other team. It's a disgrace. Um, and it's like, we're not at that stage. Like Caroline is not like that. I don't think basketball is, is a little bit different because yeah, the arena is no, no. smaller. Yeah. But the impact they can have, and like you call yourself the sixth man, the arena can be the sixth man, 100%. Absolutely. Um, I learned that during PA for Winston-Salem State, man. Like yeah. There were games where we probably would have lost, but when the crowd is deafening, the other team, they can't get their plays in. When the crowd is deafening, the other team, they just get, you know, just flustered. And like you just said, like when you're cheering on, like when if a player misses a shot on the road, they're going to get heckled. Uh-huh. That can't happen when they come home. You know what I'm saying? Like it's silly for them to be treated the same way at home that they get treated on the road. So even if somebody's having a bad game, first of all, we know that everybody in a Carolina uniform can hoop. Yeah, of course. Let's be what clear. Everybody, yeah. you watching, you cannot be one player on the Carolina roster. yeah. So from that perspective, we know these guys can play basketball. So if they're having an off night, it clearly must just be that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So from that perspective, that's the kind of common sense that I try to dag on, try to, I don't know, emit to the player, I mean, to the fans. Like, mm-hmm. hey, this is where the guys come to be coddled. This is where the guys come to be celebrated. This is where the guys come where they're kings. We're not, oh, don't shoot the oh, Come on, what are you doing? What, we, we don't need any of that. No, no, so we don't need any of that. And it's also a place to sort of teach. Yeah. You know, a lot of times fans don't know when to cheer or when to when to cheer the loudest. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. because I am experienced in that, you know, like a lot of times, um, if here, these are two main things that I that I that I focus on at games. One, if we go into a timeout because the other team or because we had to call a timeout because the team is going on a run. The, the team that we're playing is going on a run, so we're now down. Usually when I'm at games, when that happens, the crowd is dead. I'm talking about yeah, when we go, yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody is just down. But no, that's when the crowd needs to be the most lit. Like, don't worry about the team. We got y'all. Y'all straight. So the guys are going to the, to the huddle like, we good, we good. If they're going to the huddle and it sounds like crickets, they're now like, oh, God, everybody's watching. Now everybody's nervous. Now nobody wants to shoot because everybody's like, oh, God, we don't want to be the next one to mess up. No, man. And my second order of business, I saw way too many times at halftime, the start of the second half, 
the energy was always down because a lot of people still walking around in the concourse, just getting food or whatever, whatever. And next thing you know, you finally get back to your seat. We're two, three minutes into the second half. The other team that went on a run, we're down three points now. And you're confused as to what happened. So it's very important, like that two-minute mark of the half at halftime, I always make an announcement. We have two minutes until the second half. Two minutes. When we get to a minute, one minute remaining to get to your seat. And it's so funny when you can see people running from the concourse, getting back to their seats so they can be back in their seats by the start of the second half, because that's very important. The start of the second half is like the start of the game. We need the energy up and live to start the second half to get the boys that energy. And it's just little stuff like that that I sort of, I don't like to say teach because nobody likes to be, I don't need you to teach me how to be a fan. But again, (laughs) there's certain things that I sort of try to direct so that we can just have maximum experience for the game day. Yeah. Well, mate, I can hear you all the way over the pond. I can hear you on the television. So I can hear the crowd, which is great. And um, I can definitely see the difference that you've had already. Oh. So I appreciate that. And I'm excited to see it in person. So I can't wait for you to be here, my boy. Oh, mate, it's good. Okay. All right. Now we're going to go on to now. I want to talk a little, before we talk about the current team, I'm going to hit you with some rapid fire uh, Chapel Hill questions or UNC questions that I give to everybody who comes on the show. I hate these. I always suck at these. All right. There we go. Favorite food, favorite place to eat in Chapel Hill. Um, see, I'm I'm gonna say what I should say, like Suttons or something, but yeah. I've never eaten at Suttons. <laughs> Ever. Like, you know what you don't understand? What you don't understand, G, is we're both gonna be trying things for the very first uh, time at the Chapel Hill. Yeah, like, yeah. I've like because I'm a super fan, but I've never had a lot of time yeah. in Chapel Hill. And now when I go to Chapel Hill, I'm there for the game. And then I'm right back out. So, like, I haven't had Sutton's, but I hear Sutton's is great. I think that's my all I hear. That's all I hear. So, yeah. all right, so what's up? We're going to Sutton's when you get here? Sutton, mate. I've got Sutton's. We've got IP3. Um, when I was there, when I was in the summer, so I was there with uh, – I went – basically, the bars I just stayed at was he's not here, and I was there the whole time. I was okay. like, I love it here. Like, this is just real nice out here. And then there was Top of the Hill, and okay. I went there as I've well. I've never been so. to any of those. All right, there you go. Um, what else we got food wise? Um, they got to get Chipotle. They, I, I had Chipotle. Oh, I had Chipotle when I was there. I had Chipotle, <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't have. I don't, we don't have. We at the time we have Chipotle now in London, but right. we didn't have Chipotle. And all I kept seeing was Kendall Marshall talking about Chipotle. I'm like, I gotta go. If he's there, <laughs> yeah. I gotta go. Yeah. And you got Chick Fil A, and we didn't yeah. have that in England. So right. oh, I have to. Have Bojangles, dude. I've never had Bojangles. I've never had it because. I always went Chick-fil-A and I, I still like, when I worked in Carolina, some people went Bojangles. I was like, I got some time off. I'm just going to go Chick-fil-A. Like, I just, I love it. It's but no, Bojangles, Bojangles is a place. Bone in chicken. That's why you got to do, you got to do Bojangles. It's bone in chicken and the sweet tea. Have you done cookout? I've not done cookout. Yeah, we're going on some big dates. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I've got, mate, I've got an itinerary of like different places I want to go drink, different places I want to go out. So IP3, IP3 Pizzeria, that keeps getting mentioned. Yeah, I've heard of that. Like, I've never been there. Mate, it's why I ask on the podcast. I want to find out what these players. They all say Sutton's. Um, I ate at at Sup Dogs. I remember eating out there on a night out um, and stuff. So, yeah, uh, it'll be good. It'll be good. Okay. Have you got a favorite place you'd like to go drink in Chapel Hill? No, I'm not much of a drinker. That's not really my bag. That's fair. That's fair. All right. White jersey or blue jersey? What do you prefer? Blue jerseys. Blue jerseys. Yeah. Nice. That blue is just, that blue is just, it's just Carolina beautiful. blue. It's God's favorite color. Clearly, beautiful. he lives up there. <laughs> really? Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. Final question. 
who do you okay i'm gonna say hate or dislike more nc state or duke duke duke, duke i hate duke more there we go and they yeah, know I don't, what? I don't even really i don't even really acknowledge nc state like that but it's sad because i have friends that play for nc state like okay. i actually i actually like nc state a little bit. i know i know but see like <laughs> <laughs> I've had friends that played there. Yeah. I got friends like Breon Pass. Like, that's like my little bro, man. Cam Hayes, that's my little bro. Like, so I love seeing them get off. But NC State, I got treated with the most disrespect at a basketball game that I've ever been treated at an NC State game. So, like, the fans, I hate the fans of NC yeah. State more than okay. the actual team. Like, I like Coach Keats. Like, Coach Keats, a smooth brother, man. He had a Gucci belt and shoes. <laughs> that's my dude. But, NC State fans, I yeah. hate NC State fans. Like, I have more Duke fan friends than NC State fan friends. I don't even think I have any NC State fan friends, That's to be fair. honest with you. That's but I got fair. tons of Duke fan friends. That's and fair. I was at an NC State game. Theo Pinson gave me tickets. So I'm sitting right there behind the bench. And I'm cheering and cheering. And we're beating the wheels off NC State like we normally do. And this this fan for NC State behind me, he's like, How'd you get those? No, he said, how'd you pay for those tickets? Did you get your tax refund? And I was like, yeah, I was so angry. Like, wow. <laughs> I was so angry, dude. But like, you know, we had a couple words back and forth and the security escorted him out or whatever. And whatever. Okay. I found out that the dude, um, I, had, I had talked about it the next morning on the radio station, came to find out that the dude worked in the city right next to me he owned some company. So like the folks, we had talked about what company under. So the folks was calling up to his company all day trying to get him on the phone. He wouldn't answer the phone. He wouldn't come to the phone. <laughs> he eventually took the day off because it was they were harassing, <laughs> harassing him too much. <laughs> I had nothing to do with that, by the way. I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> it's funny because on the podcast, I ask that question to every player and every player says NC State. And then I put it out on social media. Every fan says Duke. And it's really interesting that. And the players tell me, like, no, we hate NC State more. I, like, I get that, but it's Duke. Like, it's Duke. It's like, yeah. Sorry, players. Yeah. Any players watching, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> hey, they'll be watching. Um, so, oh, yeah. So, okay. No, I appreciate you said Duke. Um, I've, heard, I've heard the stories of NC State fans. Like, the players have all said Duke. what they're like. And Duke, they're, just, horrible. Yeah. they're horrible. Like, the Cameron crazies. They can be rude too, but some of their stuff I actually like. Like I love the way they're in unison, and they all I love yeah. the oh, like I love all. But they can do that because they're so close. Such you know a small, like, so small arena, dude. The arena's this freaking big. Exactly, exactly. And that is the thing with our arena. I don't even talk much about it. Obviously, we have NBA style arena, like insane. So, but Cameron, like it's like a high school gym. Okay, right. um, no wonder it's loud because it's so small. Okay. Right. So if you part in a in an aluminum can, it's gonna echo. There you go. Oh mate, that's that's an analogy. That's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so so for us to get the Dean Dome as loud as that, we need everyone. You need that 60% going crazy. And how loud will it be when it when is happening? Seattle Seahawks, aren't they, aren't they one of the loudest teams? How big Absolutely. is their stadium? Like they're like loud. Earthquakes. Oh mate, they do, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so all right, mate. Okay. Now we're going to talk about the current team. Okay. We're going to talk about uh, what we do on this podcast, talk about how we're going. And, mate, we're going well. 10 and 3, we're on right now. Um, 
yesterday was it yesterday yesterday was boston college wasn't it yeah 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 we won 91 65 yep. Caleb Love 22 points again uh, um armando baycott 18 points double double brady manek um 17 points rj davis 17 points like, with 91 points with no garcia I know that's the crazy thing. That's what I wanted to talk about. Like I haven't heard of how Garcia is. I haven't seen any reports mm-hmm. yet. But um, no, no Garcia and Garcia's obviously fantastic. Um, and to do that without him, those four, it's always those five who are always scoring. Uh, weird. I'm sorry, G. Back to optics. This glare is killing me. One Mate, second. You're all good, bro. You're all good. It is freaking killing me. Hold on one second. Mate, I was on a podcast with James McAdoo. So if the people re uh, rewatch that. I was on it like for so long. He basically, it was nighttime. It was like really glare, glare, and he just watched it go. And then by the end of the podcast, he was like in pitch black. But I, I didn't want to tell him, like, bro, turn your light on. I can't see. Like, it was literally, I was like, he, he, he needs a light on. But um, yeah, yeah, that's no, all good. So obviously, we've been, we've been killing it like 10 and 3. There were some fans. Okay, we had some games, but they're against ranked opponents, all at neutral venues as well. So it's. How how have you found this team so far? How far do you think they will go? Man, I don't know, G. You know, when we put up 91 points against Boston College, we're looking great. When we're <laughs> playing against Michigan and, and putting up 90-some points against them, we're looking great. Um, I remember the Brown game, we were looking great. Appalachian State, we looked decent. But then you got cluster games with Tennessee where we just looked like complete oh, yeah. trash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Kentucky would look like complete trash. Like, and you know, I'm 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 sort of frustrated with us looking good or great against teams we're supposed to look good against, mm-hmm. but then looking mediocre against teams that I think we should also look good against. Like I don't yeah. think we should have lost to Tennessee, Purdue, or Kentucky, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. I honestly believe we should really be undefeated right now. Oh wow. Um, I know that we need losses to build character and to learn and undefeated on coach HD's first tenure is a, is a lot to ask for, but I feel like this is the most weapons we've had on our Carolina roster in the last five years, arguably mm-hmm. like we're loaded yeah. at each position. Like we so have deep. two starting ones at every position. Like we've got two starting ones, two starting twos, two starting three. Like I saw somebody say we're breaking Noah's arc. We got two yeah. of everything. <laughs> <laughs> we legit have two of everything. And you know, like, we have so much firepower. Like our starting five could average 15 points a game. And that's being easy. generous. Yeah, easy. That's uh-huh. being generous. And if the starting five is averaging 15 points a game, like what's that, 30, 60? That's what, 75 points just then. Yeah. Then you got guys coming off the bench like Brady Manick, who can give you another 15. Easy. You got guys coming off the bench like DeMarco Dunn and, and, and Ant and McCoy. and Like we have so much firepower and we've – Obviously, we're playing better defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, we have one of those teams that can honestly make a Final Four run, and we have one of those teams that could be done the first weekend. So true. It really depends on who the hell shows up. Yeah. And I get upset and frustrated when I hear the players say things like, you know, we, we just got to understand that we can't come out flat and, you know, we got to take pride in playing Carolina basketball. And Yes! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we take pride as fans. Yeah, yeah. You should that's we that's, that's standard. You should know that. And nobody has to tell us you take pride as a Carolina fan. No. <laughs> no. So if I get to put the jersey on, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like so I always get frustrated that 
you don't come out ready. You don't come out ready to destroy everybody. Like you are a Carolina Tar Heel. But with that being said, man, you also got to remember that these are 17, 18, and 19 year olds. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, like yeah. when I was 17, 18, and 19, even though I knew what I thought I wanted, I would still make bonehead decisions that could jeopardize all of it. Like I was yeah. a felon at the age of 16. Okay. Yeah. You know, so like we make mistakes. Life is about a learning process. And we put a lot of pressure on 17, 18, and 19 year olds because we are fans. But we have to understand that at the end of the day, they're still young men trying to figure it out. But as it pertains to the team, man, again, I think we we can legit make a serious run. Do I think we can win a national championship? Yeah. Shoot, I saw the 2010 Duke team won one with Nolan Smith and them. That squad was trash. They won one. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like any anybody can fall. You know what I'm saying? Like I do think that Duke has a very strong team this year. But again, Mercer, Lehigh, things happen. Yeah, things oh. happen. Love and I do high. think that we do have a team that could get to the final four. But just like I said, man, we got a team that could come out and play flat as hell and lose in the first weekend. You're right and completely right in what all you're saying. But when you say about 17, 18, 19 year old, they're young lads. Brady Manick, 23. And you can see the difference. You can see yeah. the difference. How he holds himself, how he speaks yeah. in press yeah. conferences. Yeah. And then I, I wanted to say, I knew he was old. Like, I knew he was older. I look, 23, I'm like, yeah, you can tell. Right. And um, yeah, obviously, having that experience, he's been one heck of an addition. One yeah. heck of an addition to us. Like, I think Brady's absolutely fantastic mainly because how he the photo have you seen the photo of him with his long swooped hair yeah his beard when he was at oklahoma mate honestly that was me when i was like 18 where i had like yeah. an awful mustache yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, can need, tell. I can see it i, <laughs> I need I, to get a photo of him next to each other i'm yeah. like you look like me bro i like that uh, <laughs> you gotta get a picture with brady bird man y'all are brothers oh mate brothers but he's like what's he like 6 11 well my 5 11 so he ain't yeah he's not uh <laughs> No, like, we completely agree. We could easily push and we could go. And everyone at first was like, our oh, Coach Davis, first year, like, I don't know how well he can do. Okay, Co- Coach Williams, he did have a bad first year. Coach, okay, I'm going to say it now. Coach Doherty, Matt Doherty. He was National Coach Player, National Coach of the Year. Okay, right. he had a great he had a great first season. Okay, he had a couple afters didn't go as, as well as we wanted. Right, right. But um, there's just this first, he's been learning from the GOAT. Coach Williams is the greatest of all time. Wow. I, I say this every time. He's one of great, he's the greatest coach of all time, one of the greatest men to live on this planet. Mate, mm-hmm. honestly, my partner, she keeps bringing it up. She keeps, because I'm going to be in Chapel Hill for six days. I'm going to go on a walk every day. I know Coach Williams does that walk every day. If we bump into him, mate, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cry. I, now, listen, I'm gonna, I oh. saw Coach Williams last night at the Carolina, I mean, at the um, he was there. He, he he's a little down. His, his, his motor is down a little bit. He's got a crutch because he said he had a, a knee surgery. He just had his knee replacement a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, absolutely. So he said he's going to be down about 30 days. So I don't know if he's still doing the walk, but hopefully you will get to see coach. I know at, for a fact, you'll see him at the game. You'll we'll see him at the games. Yeah. Oh. We'll see him at the games for sure. He's, let's say he's my hero. I talk about yeah. him all the time. He is, yeah. he is my hero. Um, that was kind of how I blew up, really. I basically I wrote a letter to Coach Williams. It was it was I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Letter to Coach Williams from a guy he's never met, and it yep. blew up. And that was that was kind of where thing came from. So he's um yeah he's he's my guy. He's my hero. So yeah. Um, I hope Coach, you listen for real. You should type up that letter. Yep, I already said it. it. 
You got it already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We said this because I know he's not he's not on internet. He doesn't do it. He knows that. He has a smartphone for the ESPN app to check his guys to see how well they're doing. That's it. He knows how to FaceTime. That's yeah. it. He didn't even know what a FaceTime button was. He just does it on the phone. Like I've seen interviews with him. Um, so I know he's not read it. Um, but I've already said, and we said that we've typed it up. So we know that if I do see him, I'm like, hey, coach, this yes. is from, from me. And uh, no, we're, yeah, so. we're, we're, we're definitely going to, I know where he sits at. We're definitely going to make that happen. Hey, hero, absolute hero. Okay. So it has, you're right. You're completely right in saying we could go final four, we could bust. It's, it's just, it is what it is. Depends on injuries, touch words, like yeah. we're doing well. We're doing well. Okay, COVID protocols. We've got Justin, right. who's currently that. Right. We're in a different world of basketball. Who's been the standout for you? Caleb. Caleb and Armando. Oh, man. Caleb and Armando. I got to give it to both of them, man. Like, mm-hmm. they have really played. I'm going to go more Armando. Caleb okay. is doing what I thought that he should be doing. Yeah. Caleb is doing exactly – he's the dog that I knew he was. Straight mm-hmm. from St. Louis, um, show me yeah. state, that dog of the team, that undefeated against Duke. Like, I knew that that's what Caleb would eventually be. I am very impressed with Armando. Yeah. Um, I thought that Armando would be a beast, but not just his aggressiveness, but his footwork. Um, he's uh-huh. stretching the floor now. He just made his first three-pointer. Yeah, um, and he's handling it all so modestly. You know what I mean? Like yeah. – I'm, I'm really, really enjoying watching the player that Armando Bacot is becoming. And, like, again, like, he, you know, there, there have been Tar Heel fans that have questioned his toughness and, mm-hmm. um, you know, his aggressiveness and, and, and that dog type deal. But I think he's showing you this year, um, you know, what can happen when he has weapons around him and he's not to be played with in the paint. I remember, you know, the last two years just at um, – just the confidence he's always had. Like Mondo's always been a trash talker, like um, telling the play, telling the other team, like y'all ain't just going to punk us around this year. And this is a different year and just stuff like that. Like I love hearing people yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah. Like that. I love hearing players talk like that. And for him to be able to talk like that, but then being on teams that didn't quite deliver. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like nobody really heard it to now being on a team with weapons. So now when you don't even have to talk, you don't have to tell people, it's a different team. We go out here and drop 91 points without one of our best players. They see us a different team. You know what I mean? Like you just come out here and keep getting double doubles. I'm really impressed with Mondo. And I think he's increasing his NBA stock a lot this season. hundred percent. And obviously he tested the waters. I'd never, I, I, I don't know the guy. I don't know, but I didn't think he was going to go. I always thought he was going to come back. I wasn't concerned. I, I did think he's helped his stock massively completely. His footwork is, is beautiful. I think his footwork's definitely improved in the post. Obviously, he's he's been smart because in preseason he was shooting. He shot a couple of three. He shot a three in preseason. Yeah. And I was like, is he going to shoot more? Like, are we going to see Monday yeah. take threes every game? He's no. only taking three um, this year. He hit one, so he's thirty three percent from behind the arc. That's not bad. Okay, no. not bad at all. So, um, I think he's been really, really smart as well. And uh, yeah, I, I'm really, really impressed. Caleb is Caleb. Um, it was going to be Caleb and Amando's team. We knew that. Right. Uh, I love RJ. I love I, RJ Davis. Like, and and RJ, I still don't think we've seen RJ yet. Uh huh. That's why. That's why I'm not. That's not. That's why he's not on my list of impressed yet. Like, yeah. I love yeah. watching him play, but I still think that he's sort of trying to figure out where his dog. Because RJ's a dog too. Yeah, yeah. And I think he's trying to figure out where his dog best goes. Like, he didn't miss a shot yesterday, did he? No, I don't. I don't know if he did actually. No. 
I don't think he missed a shot or a free throw yesterday. You know what I mean? So, like, he can put the ball in the basket. You know what I mean? But, like, again, they're all still trying to figure out how to gel with each other. And that's why I think that we're going to start gelling and rolling at the right time, like right around that February where we're really clicking on all cylinders where, oh, Mm -hmm. Irwin's back. Oh, McCoy found his role. Oh, the youngster's getting some minutes. It's time to roll. And by March Madness, watch out. There you go. There you go. I've said it. I've said it on podcasts, this podcast, other podcasts. I've said it. If I don't know this year, Final Four. Not, I, I think we could definitely. I've yeah. said I've said Elite Eight is what I've said out out in there. Um, I think we could win the whole thing next year if we keep Mondo and Caleb. But I don't know if we will. Not if we keep in the end of the day, because that's not the Carolina. The Carolina way is. They understand if your stock is great now, Carolina will push you and say, go for it, take your opportunity. And that's the respect that they have for the players and all that stuff. And I think because the Mondo's having such a good year, obviously Tyler Hansborough was so different. Tyler could have left. But he was like, nah, I want want a banner. I want a banner. So, But he's different, dog. He's different. Um, If we keep Mondo and Caleb, we're winning national championship. With the additions, with the guys coming in, 100%. But it's... The guys have got to think about themselves, and you completely have to understand that opportunities come for these young men. See, that's the, that's always been the thing with Carolina, man. If we would have uh-huh. kept Tony Bradley, we'd have won. Um, what was that? Eighteen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Would have. And then, yeah. like, if Cole stays with and Kobe and Cole on the same team, like, and that squad, Cole like, Kobe. Talent, man, it, we've missed so many ships due to Creighton oh, and people going to the league. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm yes, Trigger. You've triggered. You've triggered me. Yeah, there's no trigger warning. There's no trigger I'm warning. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you're right. Again, uh, we're great. But the guys went. And Kendall went. Tyler went. John Harrison. They all went that year. And hey. I do. But I respect that about Carolina. It's not a, hey, let's hold on to them. Or why have they right. left? Fans will get annoyed at that. And I've right. seen that online. Fans are like, oh, why has he left us? And stuff right. like that. But like, these young kids... Some of them have come from absolutely nothing. Right. You're telling me, hang on, you're about to be offered a few million dollars to look after right. your family, or you can stay a year, get injured, and never make it. What right. are you doing? Yeah. Fam- yeah, family no. comes first. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. My family comes before the Carolina family, unfortunately. It's true. It's true, though, <laughs> isn't it? It's true. Right. So, obviously, we've been impressed with the players. Um, I want to say this because I'm a massive um, – I'm not the president of the club because I'm sure there's other people who are, who consider themselves there, but the Leaky Black Club. But I'm happy. I'm really happy. And I stood by when everyone was like saying Leaky this, Leaky that. And I was like, this boy's going to start for us. He's going to start. And he is. And I absolutely adore him. Um, and I think it's been fantastic. I did not like the disrespect of Leaky not being a captain. Um and I understand that it was players' votes. And players' all vote, yeah. You know, but that's our lone senior. That's a chip, though, on his shoulder now, and you see how he's performing. Super chip, absolutely. Yeah. And he's yeah. showing why he should have been a captain because he is a leader for this team. Um, he's the most experienced, um, and and he's a Swiss Army knife, man. Like yeah. he, And I know they don't like comparing him to Theo, yeah. but he is in the idea that he does so many things that fill up a stat sheet that don't get mentioned. Uh-huh. You know, you're not going to see diving for loose balls on the stat sheet. Exactly. You're not going to see um, the, the hockey assist 
on the stat sheet. You're not yeah, going to yeah. see these things, but it's the, the little things that he does. You're not going to see he locked down the uh, the best score on the other team. He held yeah. DeVoe to seven points. You're not going to see things like that on the stat sheet unless you know to look for those things. Okay. But there are games that we do not win if we do not have Leaky Black on the team. Michigan nice. is one. Brown is one. And what are the one that I just said, uh, Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is another. Um, Leaky Black is a player, and he's a baller. And I love Leaky. I love his family. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I'm I'm with you in the idea that I'm so thankful that it's going this way. Yeah, I would have hated to see the noise get to get in between his ears. Yeah. And he become the player that everybody was saying, oh, I told you, I told you. I'm glad that he's balling now. People, and we're being able to say, I told you, I told you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm really happy for Leaky. James McAdoo, when I had him on the show, we spoke about Leaky. And he said, the stuff you're hearing from people, they're the ones who don't know shit. Like, they're the ones who don't understand basketball. They're watching they, they, the next morning. They look at the box score. Leaky right. Black, zero points. Okay, right. but look at everything else that he did. Right. It's the interceptions. It's I like I just seeing him. If you like I, I'll admit I'm leaky watch because I because I love him so much, I'm just watching him in the game. Right. I'm watching him push a player into a position like nah, get there, and right. different things like that. Right. The interceptions, the hustle. He was he's the player you want to coach. He's right. the player you want on your team. So yeah, now I'm I'm in the leaky club, so I wanted to just give him a shout out because oh, yeah. uh, lovely. Stood by him, so yeah, hundred percent. Okay. His mom, I don't know if you know, but his mom, Carla, is a graduate of my alma mater, Winston Salem State University, and she was the queen of Winston Salem State University. She is a she's a lovely lady. She's the bomb. I love Carla so much. She's actually invited me to brunch. Really? She has. Yeah. (laughs) She ain't got invited me to no brunch. Man, okay, I'll invite you. I'll invite you. Thank you. Yeah, she's a great she's a great lady awesome, man. yeah awesome. yeah and um okay coach coach hubert davis how have you found his first season at carolina man i love hd did you hear him stamp me the other day in his interview mate he said he Bida is a part of the team okay he said literally said, you're a part of this school you're a part of this team okay you are a great addition to the game day experience mate Arda, do you ever strap it down again yeah <laughs> I had to tape it down, mate. What do you mean? <laughs> oh, my God. And what's crazy is I'm in the bed sleep. I'm on vacation. And Josh Graham calls me, blowing my phone up. Did you see what Coach Davis just said about you? And I'm nervous, like, no, what did he say? Uh-huh. And he's like, dude. So he reads it to me, basically what you just read. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, where yeah. is the video? He's like, it's going to be up on YouTube in a minute. I was like, oh, my God. So I get in the Hills house. They're talking about it in Hill's house. I'm on Twitter. They're talking about it. I'm like, yo, when I finally saw it, man, I, I just had to post it on my Instagram because the best part about the clip to me was when the reporter says, we've been seeing B-Dot, and before he could even finish the question, Coach just starts laughing. Yeah, 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 <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, gosh, like just the thought of my name brings a smile to your face. Just that's a great. thought of my name brings you a chuckle. That's that's me. That's great. Like, that's me. Like, that right there is what I was put on this plant to do. Bring, well, this plant, this planet to do. Bring joy to people. Bring entertainment and just laughter and, and life to your life. And so, like, to see that in real time, just, just, that was the highlight of that clip for me. And 
even though he says all those great things, the highlight for me personally was that little moment that the average person would look right past. Yeah. But as far as his coaching tenure, I think he is handling this remarkably well. I mean, um, you know, like from the very first press conference with the, you know, I'm proud my wife is white mm-hmm. and just the, the, the backlash from that and just the people just, oh, what did that mean? And just – Oh, and how is he going to take after the reins of Coach Roy Williams? And for him to continue to be his own man and be comfortable being his own man, a man of integrity, a man who doesn't curse, you know, a man that, that, that understands the importance of change, the man who, who entrusted and believed in me to give me an opportunity to assist in the game day production there for game, home games. I'm just, I'm so pleased and so happy that I can be a part of his inaugural season and many, many, many seasons to come. And I just honestly think he's doing a fabulous job, man. I know people are upset with the way he's doing things, but the reason they're upset with, and when I reference that, I reference the the playing time for the the younger players. That's really the only complaint that many people have. That's it. And, And the reality of that is, because you're comparing him to his predecessor. Like, you know, you're comparing him to the great Roy Williams. Like, Mm -hmm. Roy Williams is on Mount Rushmore of coaches. He's the top two heads on the Mount Rushmore of Carolina coaches. But he's on the Mount Rushmore of NCAA coaches. Mm -hmm. So to think that, you know, to compare that to Coach HD, even though he's been on the bench for a couple of years, like he said, he went from giving suggestions to making the overall rules. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's a huge leap. And I think he's handled it tremendously, man. Like from the naysayers, for the supportive fans, for the players, the former players. I think he's, I think everyone is bought in. Mm-hmm. I really do. Like, and you know, you again, you have your naysayers that and but you're gonna always have those. Yeah. You had people that hated Roy Williams. Uh-huh. You had How? People, you had people who hated Coach Smith. That's How? People hung. Coach Smith at Chapel Hill. Like how? You know what I mean? Like, so Uh from that perspective, you have to understand. That's why going back to, I don't know how long we've been talking, two hours ago when you asked me people who, you know, who look at what I'm doing and say, oh, I don't know. You can't please everybody. No, of course not. But that's not your job. Your job is to please as many people that will allow you to please them. Yeah. And when you operate under those conditions, you're going to be successful. And I think that Coach HD is doing that. Um, I love what he's teaching with energy, effort, and toughness. Uh-huh. I love what he's teaching with practice and preparation and performance. And um, I'm completely bought in. And um, and I hope that the rest of the Carolina family, win or lose, are, are, are supportive of Coach HD. Yeah. The, the problem is with the Carolina family, and take it the right way, it's Final Four or failure. And that's what we say every time. Unless we're in the Final Four, it's a failure of a season. And that's because we have such high expectations. So we're not going to please everyone. Right. I I've, I think I was trying to look back. I think 2017 we were 10 and three, or it was one of our championships years. We were 10 and three, mm-hmm. and I, w- I was looking into which ones those were. Um, yeah, we're not going to please everybody. Right. But, uh, I bought in. I, I don't mind the standard being in final four or failure. Yeah. I don't mind that being the ball. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Yeah, but yeah. I need you to be logical enough to understand that if we do fail by not reaching the final four. That is not mean it's time to fire somebody. No, exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. come on. I was on one thing to win it. Exactly. 
I I'm very open on on Twitter that I don't take anything. For, uh, I don't hear anything about Coach Davis slander. I was the same with Coach Williams. Like I never could never say a bad word about that great right. man. And right. um, yeah, so I'm not I'm not about that life. And we can, and to be honest with you, like you've coached, you yep. know how difficult it is. I've never been a coach, but yeah, I know yeah. that I couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I trust the people that they have in the position. I trust Bubba Cunningham. Uh-huh. Bubba, yeah, Bubba yeah. Cunningham is the AD at Carolina. And if Bubba Cunningham says that Hubert Davis is a good coach, damn it, I believe Bubba Cunningham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hardest thing, the hardest thing was the coach was pleasing everyone. And that was the hardest thing, especially with the playing time. That I'll admit, that was the hardest thing I had to do, especially if I, we went traveling. I, I coached nationally over here in England and we'd travel far for a game. And then you play and you're like, I'm in a real t- like close game. I'm like, I got these bench players who have traveled all this way and they're going to play a couple of minutes. I felt awful driving home. Okay. And everyone's really happy that we won this massive game, like in overtime. Right. And then I had some players who played like two minutes right. and they had to travel back. And it, that was the hardest thing. Of coaching. That is the hardest thing of coaching for sure. So let me ask you this. Do you think that how do you think that Coach HD is handling the people that so do do you feel like when Coach HD is over there on the bench, he's feeling like uh I need to get the the, the guys that don't get a lot of minutes, I need to get them in because I know that the people are do you think that that's going through his mind, Andy, as a coach? I don't think it's going through his mind. I don't think Mm -hmm. it's going through his mind. Um, but what the fans are thinking. Um, I wonder if what's going through his mind in regards to Don Trez and DeMarco, because that's what we're talking about. Obviously, the walk-ons, they know that they get blue steel minutes. We understand that. But um, DeMarco and Don Trez, like, are they going to play? Now, DeMarco came out today and said that he understands his role here. He did this. uh, There was a quote which came out today, which he looked fantastic um, and what he said about that. I think we, he wouldn't be, these guys would not be at Carolina. You don't come to Carolina and start straight away. You don't get the Carolina in your freshman year and play a ton of minutes. That's not the Carolina way. That's not how they recruit. Coach Hubert Davis recruits like Coach Dean Smith did. He recruits like Coach Williams did. When he goes and recruit these kids, he's like, you're about to play at North Carolina, the greatest school on the planet. You will be at a great school and get a great education. I am not promising you any minutes. And that is literally what they all say. Caleb Love was not promised 20 minutes a game his first year or whatever he had. That was not the promise. It just, it just happened that way. Mm. Um, so I think these young players understand. I think the only difference is now the new world of college basketball and transfer portal. These young lads could just leave and they could go somewhere else. Right. That's the only, that's the big difference. And that's got to be on coach Davis's mind. That's got to be on his mind. He's, he's human. These guys could leave. I, I believe I've got Carolina guys here, but in this world today, right. man, like, okay. Auburn or often whatever Walker Kessler and all that stuff. So it can happen. It can happen. No, that's fair. So, but we'll see. But I, I've bought in. I feel that he's going to smash it. So maybe we're good. All right. Okay. Before we round this podcast up, I'll ask you now, what is your, what's your hottest take for this year? Hottest take? National championship. There we go. Sweet Duke. Sweet <laughs> Sweep Duke. Party crashes. Party crashes. That's all, that's all I care about. Mate, do I, do I want to sweep Duke more or win a national championship more? That's this the question. Year? This year. Sweep Duke. Sweep Duke, hands down, innit? It's hands, hands down. down. Put, that, put, that, put that on a poll. 
Yeah. Ask the Carolina family, would they rather sweep this year and this year only? Oh, this year, of course. National championships are more important, but because it's Coach K's last year, I and just love Coach Williams beat him in his last game. Oh. Dude, oh. If, we could, if we could beat Duke at Duke. That game, February. See, this is something else that's blowing my head off. I've never been to a Carolina Duke game. Okay. Not in the Dean Dome or in Cameron. You see the prices of the tickets? That's why. Exactly. Jeez. I went to a Carolina Duke game in the ACC tournament in Greensboro. Okay. And Duke beat Carolina. Me and my son were there, and we were set, and we sat there and watched them drop the confetti and all that. We sat there and watched like we were playing. Like I'm talking about, we sat there and were angry watching them do the celebration and all of that. And that's the only Carolina Duke game. No, no, no. Sorry. I went up to Brooklyn in the okay. uh, in the ACC tournament when Carolina played Duke. And I actually saw Carolina beat Duke that game. And then we went and lost to freaking Virginia. Ooh. But uh, I did see us beat Duke in Brooklyn. So I've seen them play twice, but never in the Dean Dome and never in Cameron. So this year, this year, my will be the first time. time seeing them in the Dean Dome as the sixth man of Carolina basketball. Mate, strap it down, strap it down. I'll take it back down, mate. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Okay, we're going to round this podcast up like right, we do, do like we do with um, every – so I round this podcast up every way we're playing. It's called Tar Heel Teammates. You're a fan. Well, you're part of the team, but you're a fan. So I've kind of had to adjust all these questions, all right? Yeah. So these are going to be your – so you're kind of Tar Heel teammates, okay, but B-Dots, all right? So you'll see the questions are a little bit different to you than I would ask a player, all right? Yeah. So how this works, though, is it from you were a fan. So from you as a fan from – We'll say 93. So you've got a long time from 93 to 2022. Okay. You've got all the players from that bit. So Jordan, Phil Ford, these guys are not, you can't include them. All right. Question number one is who would you want to warm up for you on stage of a stand up? What player? Oh, Theo Pinson. Hands down. Yeah, Theo's going to come out and get a lip for me. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, such a funny guy. He gets mentioned all the time. When I speak to 2017 guys, they Dude. all say they all say Theo, funniest Everybody guy. Everybody knows Theo, man. That's Theo, man. Like that's why I'm so waiting for him to just really get his moment where he can bask in the glory that is the greatness that is Theo Pinson, man. Because yeah. like Theo has been that smile and that energy ever since I've ever known him, and I've known him since he was like in the tenth grade. Mm. And like he's just a dope dude, man. But he's funny as hell, man. I yeah. would definitely have him. I want to. I thought that I was going to be able to co-host late night with Theo. Okay. Then, but he wasn't able to be in town. Okay. And then they let me do it by myself. And there you go. Hopefully, next time I can bring Theo out, man, because I know the crowd will go crazy bringing Theo. They out. would love Theo. They would love him out there. Um, okay, nice. All right. All right. A fight breaks out. What former player do you want having your back? Mm. Immediately, I thought she. <laughs> I, I could see it. But then, but then, right when I was thinking that, I thought about Tyler Hansbrough. Like, mm. Tyler, like, he going to get punched. He ain't even going to feel it. Like, ah. when he was at Duke and Gerald Love came down with the forearm, he just going to down. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's between Sheed and, and Psycho T. Okay. I got to go Psycho T. Anybody that got Psycho in their name, you got to go with them. I'm going to <laughs> And she coaching now and stuff. She, she, he not the same technical foul getting Sheed no more. Now he's a coach. He wear ties and stuff. She, we, I'm not going to have you fighting no more. I'm going to war with Psycho T. Psycho T. Man, that's good. That's good. Okay. 
right, you say you're not much of a drinker or a partier, but we'll say a previous time. Who would you want to go party with? Like, when you say party, you're talking about just out in the club scene or we getting toasted? What are we doing? We'll have both. If they're two different people, if they're two different. I'm going to go party with Will Graves and PJ Harrison. Okay, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Those are my guys, and if I know one thing about them, I know we go party. For sure. Now, those are my guys, man. Big shout out to Will and PJ, but those are my dudes. And, yes, sure. we partying. I'm partying with my guys, yes. For sure. Mate, that's good. That's good. Will's, Will's nice guy. Will's messaged me a couple times, actually. Um, that's my dude. Yeah. Will is a talented dude, man. And I'm talking about the way he has made a name for himself overseas. Like, I'm yeah. so happy for him, man. Like, I got I got Will Graves jerseys in here. He played at Dudley. I'm, I'm Again, I'm from Greensboro. Dudley okay. High School is in Greensboro. And he's a legend at Dudley High School. Nice. I got a Will Graves Dudley jersey. Like, that's my guy, man. Like, Will is my dude. And P.J. Harrison, too, man. Like, I'm. it really is unfortunate. And, again, like, you know, these guys, I joke about that. But, you know, those guys sort of have a blemish on their record as it mm-hmm. pertains to Carolina basketball. Not quite as dark a blemish as a Rashad McCants, but they have the yeah. blemish on their own. And it's really unfortunate because those two guys are guys that you know that well, that you may not know, but those are guys that, you know, they came from 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 the dirt. You know, mm-hmm. those guys got yeah. it legit out the mud, man. And, you know, they made mistakes and we all make mistakes. You know, like we none of us, none of us, none of us watching are, are free of mistakes. And some of us have made mistakes that really could have ended what professional lives we have right now. We're just blessed that we didn't get caught. Yeah. And, um, you know, those gentlemen were guys that are brothers to me. P.J. Harrison and Will Graves, and they were phenomenal, phenomenal shooters. That's great. And I'm talking about shooters that, you know, we talk about Wayne Ellington, and we talk about mm-hmm. uh, 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 just great shooters, like right now, you know, uh, with Kerwin, hoping that he gets back in his bag. But Carolina has never, ever had shooters yeah. like P.J. Harrison yeah. and Will Graves. And it is so unfortunate that the world really never got to see what they were able to do in Carolina jerseys because they would hold records still to this day. We say, I talk about a lot on the podcast and PJ does get um, a lot of praise on this show um, from former players because players know, like, as we say, PJ was a dog. Like he was, and that's literally like, he's, he was a fantastic talent, an unbelievable player. And obviously what happened happened. Um, I remember him for the unbelievable talent that he was. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, no, he's good. All right. Okay. Final question. We're now going to extend it to all time. Okay. And this is your all time North Carolina starting five. You can do, I know, mate, you can do two, two options. All right. You can either do what you think is the greatest starting five of all time, or you can do your favorite, like your favorite players. What I think the greatest is I would go Kenny and MJ. Yeah. Okay. And you put Kenny, go Kenny Smith at point guard. Kenny Smith at point. Wow. Okay. Overfield forward. I know. I know. But overfield forward. Overfield forward and Ty Lawson. And Ty Lawson. If Kenny doesn't get hurt, MJ wins two rings. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Did you, did you, did you ever wonder why MJ didn't win a ring his, his last cool. year at Carolina. Yeah, you're right. Yes, fair point. Did you ever see that team? Yeah. 
Go look uh, at that. No, Sam, I'm, I'm Perkins, Sam Perkins was also in that team, wasn't he? As dude, well? that team yeah. was so stacked, yeah. and Kenny yeah, yeah, yeah. hurt. Like they 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 talked about it in the Hills house one time, and I went and did some research on it. That team was so stacked, and Kenny wow. was awesome, Holmes. Like Kenny yeah, yeah, was yeah. that dude, and M, him and MJ, like they were unstoppable. But then Kenny got hurt, and they didn't have a point guard. Same as our damn 09. I mean, our, yeah. uh, what was what was the Kendall Marshall year? Was that? Uh, that was 2012, so that's still my well, white well, coming. Still my I'm white. telling you, Kim, that 2012 team and that 83 uh, – no, 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 84. 84. That's when MJ came out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 84 Carolina and 2012 Carolina. I bet you, if you look up the – see how synonymous they are? I bet yeah. you they're very, very identical. Wow. Same okay. But Benny and MJ, nice. I'm going to go Jet, MJ, Tyler, Psycho T. Okay, yeah. Got to go to those three. Yep. Then I'm going to go – what's that? That's my one, two, and four, so I need a three – or one, two, and five, so I need a three and a four. I'm going to go Sheen and Vince. Man, that's nice. I'm going to go Anton and Vince. I'm going to put Anton Jameson at the four, yeah. Vince at the three, Psycho T at the five, MJ at the two, and the Jet at the one. That's a good team. That's, that's a good team. That's a good team. Now, my favorites – if I had to do a team yeah, about yeah. my favorites – at the one, I'm going to put Joel Berry. Uh-huh. At the two. Yeah, yeah. At the two, hold on, I don't know who I'm going to two yet. But I know at the five, I'm going with Bryce. So I got yeah. Joel at the one, Bryce at the two. I'm going to put Theo at the three. I'm going to put, what, I got a, a two and a four? I need a shooter. Who's going to be my shooter? You're not putting Vince in there. Your favorites. Yeah, I guess. I, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I go Vince at the two. The two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess I can put Vince at the two. So I got, what I got? Joe Berry at the one, Vince at the two, Theo at the three, and then Psycho T and Bryce. I'm going to go Psycho T and Bryce. Mate, that's great. That's a good lineup as well. Make some good fives. Yeah, make some good fives. Make some yeah. good fives. <laughs> so we've, had some, we've had some great players. We've had some great players. Yeah, and, man. Like, I've uh, left so many players out. Like, folks going to be screaming, what about Ed Cota? What about Ty Lawson? Wait, like, it's so many players. No Kendall Marshall. Like, uh-huh. come on. John Henson, my boy Ed Davis. Like, uh, did nothing from the 05 team. I ain't put my boy Jawad on there. Yeah. And look, a lot of people talk about McCants. But when you're talking about greatest, Greatest shooters from Carolina. McCann's got to go on that list, guys. Yeah. He's got to. He's got to. Marcus Page is a is not Marcus? a con- oh yeah, of course. Marcus Page is not a controversial person whatsoever. He's 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 he's, he's straight line. Right. But um he came on the show and I asked him his starting five, and he said probably the most controversial he's ever he said Rashad McCants. And that uh-huh. he was just because like when he was a kid, he said right. I played like MB uh NCAA 05 whatever it was right. and McCants he said McCants was the greatest player like right. that was his when he grew up as a kid that was his favorite player so one of his favorite oh, players he was a dog man. Oh, mate oh. so good maybe this has been fun this has been a lot of fun this man, could I'm, be one I'm, of the longest I'm, I'm podcasts going so long bro <laughs> it's all good it is all good this is up there with one of the longest so that's where I appreciate that um mate I'm excited to officially meet you um sure. later on this month and we're gonna have a good time i'll make sure you come to brunch with uh leaky's mum. thank you for the invite <laughs> i'm gonna get a home phone as soon as this interview is over i appreciate you man i think what you're doing is great i told thank you me. from the first time i met you uh well you know over the clubhouse that 
I think what you bring is something super different. And I think that's why it's growing in such popularity. The fact that you are an avid fan from across the pond, as we like to say, like that's, that's different. And we all know, like when you, when you're from North Carolina and even when you're from the United States, like we know why we're Carolina fans, like does yeah. common sense, like we're here, but in England, it's so foreign to us as Americans yeah, yeah. for you to take that much pride and joy in something that we take that much pride and joy in, it, it, it draws questions. And then when you get to talking to you and hearing your story and hearing your passion and hearing your uh, knowledge about the program and your expertise with coaching and stuff like that, like it just gives credibility to your platform. So I just want to say, like, I think what you're doing is great, bro. I I'm super appreciative that you could have me on your platform and I wish you nothing but the best, man. Like we're pretty much in the same boat. Like we started at the same time with this. You know what I'm We've been fans our whole lives, but we started to get this recognition on a more national level this last year, man. So like we're sort of yin and yang from across the pond. There we go. I like that. <laughs> For sure. Appreciate it, bro. All right, mate. Thank you so much. We'll catch you up. I'll, I shall chat you off there and um, all good. Y'all be good. Appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. Please support the Hills House. If you don't yes. do anything else, man, join the Hills House. Um, hit me up. We're on Group Me. If you're on Group Me, you can just put Hills House, and uh, you may be able to find us there. Same with Clubhouse. The more the merrier. By the end of the year, we want to be up to 500 members. I have your Twitter and your Instagram. That's below. I've already got that on there below. But um, also your YouTube as well. Any YouTube you want to big? Um, my YouTube, I have my beat that I'm really working on, working hard on that this 2022. It's not nice. something I've really been working a lot on, but my family page. That's the one. Um, the dots. Um, that's really a platform for myself, my wife and my son and my daughter, where we're going to be doing a lot of things in 2022. So um, if you like that family vibe and you want to see me in that sector, um, please, please follow us over there. Please subscribe. My, my daughter is watching. We're trying to get to a thousand subscribers, nice. but we got to start putting out some more content. So she's yeah. been fussing at me. We're going to get on that, and uh, but we hopefully that can boom more in 2022 as well. Connect the dots. C-O-N-E-C-T-T-H-E-D-A-H-T-S. Beautiful. I'll put it down there so people see it. That's down there. Superb. Cheers, buddy. Thank you, mate. Cheers, mate. Cheers. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of the Tar Heel Show. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can also follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Make sure you're following on social media. It's at British Tar Heel on Twitter and on Instagram. And you can keep up to date with my trip this January to Chapel Hill. And until next time, go Heels.